Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, where wealth strategies and investment wisdom collide, featuring your distinguished host and certified financial planner, Bart Zanbergen. Welcome to the Zanbergen Report, a showcase for wealth strategies and investment wisdom that's essential for our revolving world. Today, Paul, it's not wealth strategies. It's something wealthier than that. It's, it's the wealth of the soul. Wealth of the Ooh, soul. I like that. Very, very good. Um, and it may actually could even call it wisdom of the soul. Yeah, I like Maybe that wisdom term. by the end. Well, everybody, <laughs> we're so excited to be here. We have a full house, and today is our annual holiday wine pairing show. Ooh. So in order to help with this show, we have got a full crew. And, you know, wait, can I just open the door a little bit because there's a lot of people out there. And <laughs> see, they're all... <laughs> We need a we need a full uh, breakdown here for sure. That's right. So we have, of course, in studio our engineer Paul. We have my partner in crime, Letitia Burbaum, and hey. our once a year annual show up only for the wine <laughs> tasting show. I mean, of course, every every now and again, a publicist needs a glass of wine. That's right. right. When you say, "Hey, Paula, I have wine," I say, "What time?" and I am there. Can I, can I tell you something funny here before we start here? Once I was a publicist for twenty years, celebrities, whatnot. And only thing you could get a publicist to show up for was free food, free booth. It's you say terrible. Free food. They get a bad <laughs> rep. That is they not. They will show up will anywhere. Just... Free food, free booth. Terrible, terrible. That's old generation. This is new generation, Paul. <laughs> new generation. When the movie studios wanted you get it to come out, it was free booze and free food. Sterling PR up. does things differently. Okay. All right. However, I will never miss this annual wine tasting. Will not happen. Perfect. All right. Let's get this show rolling. We have got wine here on the table. It is open. Um, Walk us through what you got first. Give a little plug to everybody here, and then we'll, you can start talking about so, it. So you know what? I am going to plug those as we get oh, okay. into All it right. because there is, I have a, there's a method to my There's a method, All right. <laughs> so tell us first a little background. For those who've been living under a rock, you know a little bit about wine. Um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> More than a little bit. It. <laughs> so I have had some training. Um, some Real would, training, some serious would, training. Some would call it excessive or obsessive training. Yes. But um, at the end, I have accomplished something called a certified sommelier, and that is through a, an organization called the Court of Masters. So for there are technically four levels. There's a level one, which just gives you some basic training. The level two, you're then able to call yourself a certified sommelier. And then there's levels three and four, an advanced, and then a master, which if anyone has seen the documentary called SOMM, S-O-M-M, mm. it actually tracks a number of individuals as on their path to becoming master sommeliers, of which the current count, I think, is 199 in the entire world. That's what I said, 200, oh yeah. In the entire wow, world. So why is this so hard, even at a certified level, to get certified? What, what is so? This isn't just a weekend course you take somewhere here. Uh, correct. This was years of training, um, so much so that um, I, I don't remember if I've shared this online before, um, but on the last day, there was two days left of my training, and so I had test scheduled for Monday, and I had, um, first of all, let me back up to say what you need to do in order to pass the test is you have to know basically every wine in the world, where it's yeah. from. Like, really? I mean, seriously, yeah. <laughs> the history of wine. You need to be able to taste the wine and determine what the wine is, and then you have to be able to properly serve wine. And, and do you do blind tastings like they do at the master level? Do you have to, do they just give you wine and you have to know what that is and spot on what year, where it comes from, everything? Yes, eight in the morning. 
So eight in the morning, right? yeah. Wow. First thing. Okay. And how many do they give you at the certified? I know it gets tougher as you go up, but even at a certified level, how many do they present you? So one white and one red. And and I'm just going to bring you a white just wine, one. and you got to know not only varietal, it's a Chardonnay or whatever. Correct. And you got to know winery. Um, you have to know region. Region, okay. And then vintage. Vintage. We yeah. mean what year? Like this is an eighty-eight Correct. or something. Correct. Because it does vary that much. Now, how in the world could any of us mere mortals ever hope to tell? I could tell it's a Chardonnay. I might even have some little more knowledge than that, but I wouldn't know if it's an eighty-eight or a ninety-eight or whatever. I, you know, I know there's differences, but I'm not that sophisticated to tell. Yeah, so I'm not going to tell you all of my secrets, but ah, um, okay. what I will say, there is a, a process, and, and the Court of Masters teaches you, a, it's called deductive tasting. So you start ah. out very high level, if you're looking at a funnel, and you would say, okay, obviously, is it red or white? It's white. Yeah. So now we're going down the white path. And then you would say, um, from there's, there's a, a vi- visual part, and then there's a smell part, and then there's a taste part. Mm-hmm. And through the deductive tasting process, you can, it's a process of elimination. Um, and the first big delimitator is, is this old world or is this new world? Mm. And by old world, just to make it simple, it's Europe. And new world is to make it simple, anything but Europe. So right. everything, North America, Australia, South Africa. Um, That's a big world, though. I mean, how, how many wineries in California alone? It's got to be... Thousands, probably close to a thousand. There's yeah. there's AVAs, um, which are um, American particular um, um, areas. Um, so yeah, there were there was a lot. Um, so in so in preparation for that, in the last couple of days, um, you know, final studies are on, and I used our bedroom and our bed as my kind of my work zone. So I had maps laid out, Flash iPads, flashcards, <laughs> everything going on. And uh, this is slightly embarrassing, but also very funny. Um, Well, at least it was funny for me, not so much for my wife. As she came in uh, (laughs) 4 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, my test was the next morning, and she had, had, like, tears running down her eyes. And uh, I'm like, honey, you know, what's wrong? And now, remember, I'd been up since, like, 5 in the morning, and I'd been studying since. And she said, are you having an affair? Because oh, no. <laughs> oh, only that could explain this kind of obsession, oh, yeah. this behavior. Yeah. So I said, "Can I get back to you tomorrow?" After <laughs> <laughs> can we argue tomorrow after I? Uh, Current affair is with studying. Yeah. Outside yeah. of that, no. So then, um, wake up the next morning. Um, um, this particular once a year, they hold it at the Montage in Laguna Beach, which is near where we live. And uh, one of the things that I never do in test taking is I stop studying around 6 o'clock the night before, and I don't do anything more. I just, it's time to relax and just let everything sink in. Right. So that morning, I had decided, I wasn't studying, but I was going to do one last run on wine service. Now, this is from a guy who his entire life has never worked in the so service see, industry. Have you ever mm-hmm. been a waiter? Or? No waiter, no bar, no host, <laughs> no nothing. But right. I had practice knowing that this was part of the test. How to, which is how to present it and how to pour it and how to carry how to open it and how to open pour communicate answer questions serve on the right side properly um, so I had the glasses on the tray first thing I did was knock one glass over oh, which no. knocked over every oh, glass no. and bottle and oh, no. preparation so um, oh. uh, Tina was great to say oh, okay you got that out of your system you're good now so yeah. Uh, yeah, there you that's go so good. yeah which uh, was so. Uh, that was a grueling. It's an all day. The f- 
uh, 8 o'clock is the wine tasting. And then um, you go from there, small, small break, and then you go to it's about 200 questions, um, uh, essay, multiple choice, et cetera, of, again, questions about wine in the entire world. Small lunch break, and then you break up individually, and there's four master sommeliers around a big room in the montage. And you then are serving this master sommelier and his three imaginary friends, his or her <laughs> three imaginary friends, um, as he dictates what each one is having and will ask, hey, uh, so-and-so is having this, what do you recommend as a, an aperitif? And then how about for the salad course? And then we're thinking about having this, and he's having that. All wow. while you're trying to properly open a wine in front of a master sommelier, which is no pressure. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so what's the pass rate? Pretty low. It's about 19%, actually. Oh, One out of five. One out of five passes yeah. assessed after all that. Yeah, yeah. So that was a day of celebration to have that to be on. And Thank then when I, when I actually... Where's the confetti, Paul? You Whee! have all these yeah, sparklers. What do you think of that, folks? <laughs> They're still excited out there, yeah. And about a week later, just to kind of finish up, and I'm going to leave Tina alone, I thought, honey, you know what? What? I've kind of been thinking about maybe doing the advanced uh, song. Oh, yeah. no. Really? She slapped you oh, upside no. the head. Yeah, Pretty, right. I'll, I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I, I think you should just enjoy this one. Yeah, I'm clearly not an advanced song at this point. Um, but just to kind of finish up on the training, because there sometimes there is some confusion, um, that's the most, I think, um, popular or most well-known is the certified sommelier. But there, the other courses I was taking concurrently, um, one – because I'm obsessive compulsive and two because I guess so, yeah. <laughs> um, they were actually really good training to get to my ultimate goal, which was a certified sommelier. One is called the WSCT or Wine Spirits Education Trust. What's that? It's um, located in London, England, and it's a foundation or a university that teaches uh, not only wine but spirits and all sorts of alcohol cool. history. Um, Did you go there? So, um, sadly, I didn't have to go to London. That would have been sadly. nice. Um, but there is actually my, my, the master sommelier, who was one of the trainers for the Court of Masters, also is in a, a, a way up on the WSCT. So, he was teaching courses that I went in person. Oh, neat. So, that was very, very helpful. That was a couple of years. I haven't gone through the beginning, intermediate, and advanced, and I finished that. And then just because there was one thing left undone, and it was the certified specialist of wine offered by the Society of Wine Educators. You need to get that. I thought, well, it's one thing left. <laughs> How can I else, not? <laughs> right? Check everything. When did you do that? Um, that was about two weeks before I sat for the certified song. Are you kidding me? Two weeks before? No. Well, no wonder <laughs> Tina thought this. Because oh <laughs> nobody could be that into anything. <laughs> this has to be a cover and for this something. this is a ho hobby. <laughs> yeah, hobby. Oh and which is so interesting because um, to date, um, these the, the definitely the certified sommelier, harder than any certification, and, and Letitia and I share, like, certified financial planner training and my divorce training and our, our securities license, all very hard, all which makes us money. To date, not one penny. Not one penny. It really is. 100%. Obsession, right? Yeah. Enjoyed 100%. All right. So, um, but my favorite part is when we go to an event and they have food, and then you'll say, Tish, you got to try this one. Or we're getting ready to have a meal and then you go try this with that and all of a sudden it comes the alive yeah. the food tastes completely different it's yeah. like magic for me so it is thank you <laughs> it, is, it is chemistry after it. all it is yeah. chemistry of yeah. how these things interact with one another now yeah. the thing i never asked you before is so once you pass this 
How does anybody know? Do you have a secret handshake? There's a little, little card? Oh, a you little... have a publicist. That's what well, it is. Well, that's right. <laughs> you know, in, in the military, they have these challenge coins. Yeah. If you're in the Green Beret or something, you get to pull it out and something here. You know, what is it that they give you? How do you... How, could I just say I'm a master sommelier? I can. You have a card, right? So I have. I mean, I have cards that say card. I'm a certified sommelier. I have a certificate. But other than that, it's it's a somewhat of a small world, and so they most know. of the time when we go places, either with my wife or if I'm with uh, Tish somewhere, they they kind of already know. So we we kind of get pretty cool treatment. That's so, so, this, fun. so if this career doesn't work out, uh, eventually you can just become a, a wine master here and travel the world. And yeah, 27 years of it. Yeah, the financial advisor thing doesn't work out. I've got. He's not leaving anytime <laughs> soon, Paul. So don't get too excited. I enjoy this being his side hobby. That's right. <laughs> All right. So um, what so I'm start pouring, us off here. Yeah, what I'm pouring out, and there's a reason I'm pouring this now. Um, not only is it uh, would be nice for the holidays, but. As my master sommelier told me, this happens to be a Riesling, a dry Riesling. Okay, I'm going to hold it to the camera so you guys can take a look. And it happens to be from uh, the Santianez Valley in California. The, the winemaker is Fess Parker. But a Riesling is what you drink during the day while you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. During for wine for dinner. So yeah. This is your thinking wine. This is your thinking wine. Okay, I really like wine. that. I think I might need this in the office when I need to think extra. All right, so yeah, give us give us the little wine. rundown. First thinking of all, you didn't wine. hold it by the base like so many wine snobs do. Well, I'm not. Well, Some people hold glass. it at the base and then I can't show it on. Do you don't do that? Do you grab it by the stem and do yeah, it? I, I think it's. How do we hold the glass? It's, you know, so, well, okay, one. So the basic thing is you don't, especially white wine, you don't want to hold it by the glass for anyone who's watching because that will change the temperature of the wine obviously your body's warmer than, yeah. than a chilled Heats white it wine up ever so little right can you can we also talk about the glasses for a second before you go into oh, the wow. wine yeah, because i it. i learned something from you and i thought that was so fantastic each wine has a glass really on the glasses no but can you share a little bit about yeah, I came so close to bringing varietal specific glasses today. But <laughs> I, I thought you oh, would. Of course, I, I should call you out. <laughs> I, I came this close, but uh, for two reasons. One, I'm like, they're really going to think I've completely lost mine. No. So that was one no. reason. That's one reason You're I did it. You're very thorough. And the second is, I just did, only had so many shoulders and bags, and I didn't True. have for four yeah. glasses. So yeah. um, I got the most general glass I could. But to that point, um, what I at being one of the world's largest, not only OCD but also a big cynic, I thought there is no way. This is all recorded. A, this is quite interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 Documenting. Keep going. I didn't. I thought there was no way a uh, a wine would taste different in a in a in a different glass, right? I mean, Which I believed you, by the way. And so I have done now to date four different blind tasted, blindfolded. Um, tastings with varietal specific and every single time the wine tastes better in a glass that's specifically made for that varietal. And why? Because it focuses the no, it focuses the fragrance or it allows it to breathe more or less or whatever, get more or, le more or less air? Yeah, pretty much all, yeah, all of the above. Um, each wine has its own different I don't know characteristics or parameters. Like some react to air better, some don't want as much air, some, some need to open up and breathe as they say, some want to be more contained and that's right. a fun holiday challenge. I think that you should put that on part of our notes from the show because yeah. I think that would be a great game because I, I literally challenged you and I didn't think. I'm like, there's just no way yeah. that the glass that you put it in is going to make the wine taste any different. And, right. it, and it, it actually does. And I think you have a certain brand or certain type of wine glass yeah, right. right. so there there Rydell. are no. yeah Riedel, um they're one of the the 
probably the primary providers of the, they may have even be the originators of the varietal specific. Shout out to Redell. Is it Redell or Rydell? A Redell. Redell, okay. Who I have uh, those at home. Yeah, so that's there's great. another, here's, so here's another Redell story that's, that's related. So have you, so we're getting back to, I'm going to get there. So you hold the glass, not by the, by the, the glass, but by the stem. Some people are by the base. I, it's personal preference. I like the stem. Um, but there are, you've probably noticed in the last few years that there are stemless glasses. So yes. yeah, oh, yeah, my yes. wife actually likes those. Yeah, yeah. 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 So um, I, I will use. So for me personally, I'll use those if there is no other option. I.e., if I have a plastic cup or a or a stemless, I'll go for the stemless. stemless. One of the problems is, of course, there's no stem to hold on to, so you're you're forced to hold the glass. Uh, but at least it's glass, so that's that part is good. But the what about plastic, Bert? Yeah, plastic. Um, oh. Only. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. I'd almost rather drink out of the bottle, oh, but yes. but I have been known to drink out of a red <laughs> solo cup <laughs> as needed. It's the holidays. You You've seen do. it all. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the origination of the stemless glass is kind of interesting. I learned this at the Redale specific um, um, blind tastings. So um, I believe it's the gr- the generation of the grandson of the Redale family who created all the Redale glasses. Moved into moved from Germany. Um, where Riedel was from, double check, yes, Germany, um, moved into a New York apartment, had his glasses, tried to fit him in the small cabinets. And oh, like, my goodness. The glasses don't fit. So he goes back. I need a solution. Create, has a solution and creates stemless glasses so they fit in Perfect. his New York apartment. Oh, of course. Because if he goes, if I have a problem, Other there's people. more people yeah. that also have the same yeah. problem. That makes so much sense. Yeah, I always absolutely. wondered how that yeah. came about. Yeah. And so then the so, uh, so last thing on glasses and um oh Paul you're gonna you're gonna Paul, try the plastic wait, don't do it huh I'm gonna bring out some plastic for you no I just thought in case because I I can only drink That's a little, what I little I of this Paul I may have to out the I may have to pour out some of know. these here just as I taste Paul them. you will you're not pouring out your wine well <laughs> if anybody wants to I got a little bucket. So, yeah, that's not happening in this crew here. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll take um, it all instead. All right. So the last thing okay. on um, gla- a sparkling wine or champagne, you I don't know if you've noticed, but there has been a, a trend to go away from the tall flutes to a oh, yeah. more, um, not quite like the glass we have here, which which most people won't be able to see, but these are, are full, full glasses, but more like a white wine glass. Again, for the same reasons you said, Paul, it allows, it's less for the ambiance and for the visual of the bubbles going up and down, but more for the air inside. Um, and let's, let's talk about one other thing here. And let, big argument I always have at holidays, open up the wine, let it breathe. Now just grab it out of the fridge or just yank it and pour <laughs> it here. Most people just want to pour it. And you, it's like, you opened them before the show opened. Yeah. It started. So um, I almost, without exception, will open wine you know, if I can, an hour or so. An hour. Oh, wow. Now, okay. so it's a good time frame rule of thumb. An hour. So, um, it, again, we'll go to varietal. We go to how old the wine is. So, oh. whites you can open pretty much right before. Right. Um, younger wines, like especially whites, you can open right before. Older wines, especially reds, will benefit from some air. Yeah. And then that goes into also decanting. Um, people have probably heard or seen beautiful decanters that mm-hmm. allows air to come in and. Again, in a blind tasting, there's a significant taste difference. But come on now, Paula goes out and parties all the time. So does Letitia. <laughs> you guys never Paul, have been anywhere. You've wow. never gone anywhere where people didn't just open the wine and start pouring it. Come on, come on, tell I'm the sure truth. I'm sure it happens all the time. It happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Bars. most people just pour, open it, and pour it. Yeah, for sure. They don't prepare so it. So, what are we drinking now, Bart? 
So this is a dry Riesling. As I mentioned, it's from Santinez Valley, Santa Barbara County. And um, the uh, so originally the origination of Riesling comes from um, Germany, Germany or the northern France, Alsace. Mm-hmm. Um, Riesling has a reputation of being very um, sweet, um, but they have a full range. There's like six different levels, and this is pr- we're probably on the dry, either the driest or the second level. And dry, uh, mean, dry means less sweet, right? Correct. Um, less sugar. Riesling is also next to champagne, which I didn't bring any today because we focused oh. on it last time. Which, as you all know, everyone seems to know, that's my kind of my favorite go-to. Yeah. Um, so, by the way, any holidays, anything you want to eat, champagne can go good everything all day but I have a question for storing it can i change it just for one second yep how what would be the temperature that i would want to store this reason can i just throw it in the fridge can i put so it there, on ice yeah there's some controversy on that i like my white wines on the cooler side so i do put them in the in the regular refrigerator so i'm getting them down in the 50s in the probably 50s. so it's um, crisp yeah the but truly, to what, get the full crisper, then would make a, a crisper flavor to it, or well, they're like an apple they're, almost, yeah. Um, well, this you'll find with the, with this, just probably you're tasting a little pear, a little bit of apple, um, more green apple. Um, but the the correct temperature is about sixty five degrees for for white wine to get the full flavor. Because if you chill it too much, then it it closes it, it up like a flower. It doesn't have the same aroma and fragrance and stuff, right? Correct. Correct. So. We've talked about Fess Parker before, and so I'm just wondering, is there something specific you love about Fess Parker in general? we got to get Paul a little closer go. to the mic. <laughs> yeah. Hold on here. And, and, oh, and, and why my Fess you... Parker question. So I was just wondering if there's something that um, Bart loves about Fess Parker as a winery and how they produce their wines. Uh, sure. And, um, and while you're doing that, I have an, a second question, because I was going to ask the same thing. Fess Parker is kind of, an, is kind of a... It's not a super high premium brand, um, although he's well known in the area. And I think, as you obviously agree, uh, it, it's more of a. Um, I thought the wines would be unattainable that you would bring in here. That's an attainable wine. That's not the. Look at you. You think I'm a wine snob? Yeah. Well, because you look at your background. You're only going to drink five hundred dollar bottles here and stuff. Yeah. You drink good wine. So uh, at the end, it's all personal taste, and and to Tish's point, I drink good wine, and and um, the red wine we have is going to be a higher price point. Um, but so to answer multiple well, questions, and so I added one more to the same one. It's what's the price point of the Riesling that we're drinking right now? Yeah, it's about twenty five thirty dollars. Yeah. Okay, right. So yeah. that's something you could see at then yeah. or at uh, High Times or yeah. something. Or it, you'd be hard pressed to find a Riesling. Uh, you can find them, but you know, to be much more than that, it's just not an expensive varietal. Okay. Um, so to get to the Fest Parker, um, that's someplace I've been going to for almost 20 years. And um, although it does have a, a, a celebrity name, they really, really good quality winemaking. And they focus on areas and the varietals that, that are near and dear to me, which are more of the Burgundy style, which are typically Chardonnay, Pinot Noir. That's kind of their flagship. They also do a great Syrah. Now that happens to be all in the area. I happen to have another wine. The next wine we're having is from the same area, a different winery. Um, Can I give you a shocking thing? I'm going to test. Uh, this was done to me early in our show today. I forget how quickly we forget these TV stars, these movie stars. Fess Parker, I grew up with. Bart probably grew up with. I'm a little older, so I remembered the shows that he was on. I'll bet these two young ladies couldn't even tell you what Fess Parker's claim to fame was. 
You know, I would love to have an answer for that, and I don't, but See, I would love to shocked. hear it, Paul. Come on, I'm just give shocked. It to me. Well, he was, he was uh, Daniel Boone on TV for a million years, the TV series, and before that he played Davy Crockett. And all the Disney. Davy Crockett. Davy, Davy. So, and he never, he doesn't, he didn't make, he passed just a few years ago. He would be at the winery. Lovely, lovely gentleman. Yeah, in his older days. um, How neat. Oh, that has Signing autographs. So great. But his uh, son and grandchildren are other winemakers. And, um, Hey, what the heck? He was able to, yeah, they do a great job. And their winery is beautiful. So there's a lot of wonderful things about it. So can I ask another question? So as we're approaching the holidays, my favorite part is not only are we drinking a fantastic wine, but what food would this really Mm. compliment when we're preparing Well, you've read Well, you've read the show notes here today. Well, I, this is that's my favorite part overall. I want right. to know what will make this wine because even if better. Because if you don't pair it with the right food, and I see this all the time, the wine tastes great, and then they have a dinner and it's not so great. The food kills the wine or, or buries it or whatever, vice versa. So I think that's all true, but I think there's also, there's also um, to my earlier point, you're not eating all day, right? So you're going to get to someone's house, and yeah, usually we entertain. family's house, yeah. Um, and like... What are you going to drink it's while like you're snacking cheese and crackers? Or what are you drinking while you're waiting to get right. to dinner? Yeah. So that's what I would use Riesling for. That would be your white option for that. Okay. I would do that or or champagne um, or sparkling wine to be what more technical. What would be another? Like, what's How about specific? Sauvignon? How about what's, Sauvignon Blanc? Hold on, Paul. Hold on, Paul. I want to be very specific okay. on the wine that we're at. So, like, what are foods that would actually complement it so like you're saying like the cheese the crackers anything else that would bring out the flavor of this so one one of the best things about riesling much like sparkling wine or champagne is it's the easiest wine to pair food with so it goes with with almost you know um vegetarian white meat you would probably i would probably not do this if i was having a heavy steak it's not going to be any benefit to that but as you're, you're arriving for um, Thanksgiving at someone's house and you're looking for something to do or to drink while you're waiting or for... Christmas or Christmas or New Year's. Or Christmas New Year's. We have, yeah. we have a couple holidays coming yeah. up. But I think it's the great kind of a starter for the white option. And Got where it. we live, it's typically warmer. And, and on the holidays, we typically have nice sunny days. And yeah. right. for yeah, me, right. I, my, um, some of my wine choices are based on what the weather is. And if it's oh, warm outside... It's cool, crisp, mm. and it's refreshing. Yeah, I never heard that I before. I can see why yeah. you factor that in. That makes sense. Yeah, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, because, again, because it's cooler and... Um, now, how about some of the other traditional kind of everyday, the Sauvignon Blancs or Viennet or something? You, are you going to pour some of those today? Or are those just similar kinds of Paul, starter Paul, styles? Paul. He's so ready the, for the next one. Yeah, he's ready. He's like, hey, he what's is. the he's next like, wine? Okay. <laughs> Move this along here. <laughs> Are you wanting more of your, your wine here? Yeah, I mean, we poured you, you more, Paul. Yeah, what's Paul? happening Oh, you poured me more of that one? Oh, I can't. Absolutely. Oh, it says feed the producer. i gotta, I got to run the right rest the of the shows here feed today. Feed the producer. Right? <laughs> oh, okay. No, I'm trying to follow directions here. <laughs> I was up to the next one here. All right. All right, so That's the um, sound of everyone tasting the wine. Okay, so. What about dinner? What if we're going to jump into, like, a holiday meal? All right. If we're talking about, so. We have Thanksgiving just uh, around the corner. So what uh, if a f- traditional family's having turkey and stuffing yeah. and cranberries? Mm. What would I serve at my table that I would get five stars from everyone? It would be a great tip. Like maybe, right. and then what we're going to be drinking today is Perfect. Well. well, part of what we I brought today um, does correlate to a Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, fantastic. And also correlated to my sommelier test. And I will tell you that um, although I got the answer right, I did get a little mark that I could have done better oh my from my master sommelier. So um, 
and I went in to when I'll bet that I drove love you how crazy he said too. that. He's like, I got that right, memory. and then there was an area of improvement, which that's all he focused on. You will on. never course, forget right? that one little comment on that. that. I got it right. Most people are like, hooray, I got through the darn thing. He's like, I have that one little comment. I'll never forget that moment. I'm so sorry. So when he asked, as we were going around, he says, oh, and, and then, you know, this gentleman's going to have a traditional Thanksgiving. I don't know how why we had different things, but um, I said, well, what I would, what, so I I qualified by saying I have two um, options. If your guests would like a white wine, it's a turkey. It's going to be, you know, turkeys are typically buttery-ish, so like a, a Chardonnay, a nice California buttery oak Chardonnay would be great. If, on the other hand, he wants a red option, uh, Pinot Noir would go great because of the cranberries, etc. And right before I got to Pinot Noir, he goes, you only get one. Boom. So I'm like, oh. okay. So I didn't even get like Pinot Noir I like out. Options, so you're yeah. okay. You confuse them, you lose them. Yeah. yeah. So That's on the true. on my on my test score is like Pinot Noir would have been a better option. Like, ugh, tried to tell you. Um, wow. Anyway, so wow. to answer your question, so for the um, early courses, like maybe it's if everyone does, does things different. If you have a salad course or, yeah. or charcuterie, uh, Riesling is great. Um, a, a Sauvignon Blanc, a Viognier, Paul. Not many people know of that wine. Mm-hmm. It's a more fragrant, uh, fragrant white I, wine. I like Viognier, originating right. from the Rhone Valley. Mm-hmm. What um, would be one that you would you can reference? That uh, you would like so Viognier. so um, both Fess Parker, Demetria have great Viogniers. Okay. Um, Rhone Valley. There's a bunch of varietals. I'm sorry, a bunch of winemakers there. Um, no, we're talking not talking about the Rhine, which goes through Germany and other Rhine, places. The Rhone, Rhone in France. In France. Right. In France. Um, so I personally am not a huge fan of, uh, fan of Viognier. My sister loves it, so when I get them in wine clubs, I just give them to her and we swap out. So oh, that's she happens nice. to love it. Um, so any of those three. And then when the main course comes, um, I think I always have both Pinot Noir and Chardonnay on the table. Yeah. People can just whatever they want many times. As a follow-up from our show today, will we have some <laughs> Will we have wine? discounts for the wine here? No, 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 no not or anything? discounts. Will we have actual tangible like types of wine and maybe a couple... Suggestions you just want specific. you just want it all spelled out. You just want I'm I gonna do. go buy these three wines and I'm yeah, a hit. Sometimes I just want to be told exactly what to do because <laughs> okay. at the end of the day, I want to have a fantastic dinner and I want to pair it and I want everyone to be super happy. And you have you have great tips and I'm always pleased. So it would be fantastic if our listeners that are following you can also follow your. Tips. But it depends on the food, so you sure. got to tell them. That's it, what I'm uh, saying. If so you like have scenario, this, we can talk about what we're doing today. Like if we were doing turkey cranberry stuffing. What would pair with that? What would be the a great white and a great red, and then also what would like this? Um, so I would, I would. That's a great point. I would encourage everyone to check out our Wine Wednesdays on our social posts because we will. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't uh, know that was such a thing. Because we will um, post. Um, I'm going to check t- it. A, a meal. Um, um, uh, we'll post pairings. We'll post pairing options for. So you're going to do Thanksgiving specifically. We'll what do that day, first. What day can I check this out on? Do we Ladies have it and gentlemen, <laughs> Bart has just. <laughs> yeah, Thanksgiving's like in two days. Tailored so. our social media <laughs> posting plan. <laughs> <laughs> now we are doing. Specific meals on Wednesdays. You can check them out. I will let my team know ASAP. (laughs) Says our PR. (laughs) Got it. That's called pivoting. (laughs) Yeah. Here we go. This is a marketing plan. All right. Last question before you move on. Sauvignon Blanc. My wife has moved into. I never thought she'd like Sauvignon Blancs. I don't think she did for a long time. Another really light white. Uh, What do you think about Sauvignon Blancs? So you are talking to a non-Sauvignon Blanc Mm -hmm. uh, guy. Now I'm going to qualify that. 
So uh, Sauvignon Blanc from uh, France is called Sancerre, and that's from a region in France. I actually really do like that. Um, pretty much anything from the New World, especially, and this is this is my personal taste, and so this is not meant to offend anybody, but um, from the hotter areas, the warmer areas like California and New Zealand, which is very popular for... Real popular I'm gonna I'm going to give Blanc. a great positive plug for New Zealand wine in a moment, but for the Sauvignon Blanc, it's just too warm, and it makes a Sauvignon Blanc, and some people like this, but very grassy and yes. bell pepper and some right. people love that and that's just not my style and that's what they are up in sonoma too there's lots of sauvignon blancs and they have that grassy peppery kind of flavor to them but australia is huge that's their so so um i'm just gonna i'm slightly correct you it's gonna the sauvignon blanc is going to be more napa and sonoma is going to be more of the chardonnay okay all right um, that difference just going over the hill mm-hmm. yeah so okay. napa is going to be more of your bordeaux exactly. style wines and then sonoma is going to be more of your burgundy style wines okay. but for those who like it, that's I wouldn't pair it with the turkey um, course if you're for Thanksgiving and or if you're having that for for any of the other holidays, but for the salad or so forth for people who like that, it's a great choice. And you didn't put my other white wine that my I used to always get my aunt to drink here, which you're going to throw up when I say because it's really cheap everyday wine is Pinot Grigio. Um, now there is very good Pinot Grigios. Again, not my style, but there are very good ones. Um, there's another great white wine that if you hear the name, you're probably going to think the same thing, but there, it's a very classy, uh, when you find a good one, it's a Chablis. Yes. Right. Back probably in your parents' day, Paul, that came out of a box. Yeah, and, right. Yeah. <laughs> that's all they drank, But right. it's true. I mean, that's what my mom drank, Chablis out of a box, and so I was always really against it. But Chablis is, Chablis is the northernmost point of uh, Burgundy and the Burgundy zone. And it's actually a Chardonnay grape, but they don't use any oak in the um, hmm. in the uh, fermentation. And it's if, if what do it's they do? Uh, steel barrels then? How do, how do they get? How do they avoid the oak? Uh, yeah, steel barrels, and it has more of a more of a gravel um, kind of texture or tone to it, and it's much more crisp. And um, when we're if we're traveling to Europe or if we travel to like French Polynesia, which is a French province, it's it's very available. It's not as available here in California, at least at restaurants. It's a great great choice. Okay, all right. So there's your whites, ladies right. and gentlemen. So that's we're almost that is part of the whites. So now uh, at least here in studio, we are going to go from and okay. uh, hopefully you'll see the difference in color and in taste. We're going so to. So if I Chardonnay. were to have, and we're not going to wash out the glasses Chardonnay. and change them and everything. Oh my goodness! So okay. the best way to wash that is to pour the next wine in it, swirl it, and you can toss it and then okay. or slug it. Wow! I'll toss it because I'm I got to work all day here. Today. Okay, so toss that. So Tish, you had a question. So look at the color difference. See how this one oh, is like. Yeah, there's a big color I like difference. Chardonnay, so I'm not gonna be biased. I'm gonna be biased. How did sure. Chardonnay become the go-to wine? It was it. Um, uh, <gasps> oh, sorry. Can't see. Can I tell you one quick story here <laughs> while you're pouring? <laughs> I got well, a chance. I'm not pouring very good. I got a chance to meet the great Emilienko uh, Gergich, who I believe was the first oh, yeah. winemaker to win a, a uh, an award in France. When everybody thought California wines were just box wines and would never compete with the real French in a blind tasting, he did win back I think back in the 70s, and uh, and he really perfected this kind of uh, with lots of what has malolactic acid in it, which makes it have a buttery flavor to it. This buttery Chardonnay yeah. that became California's go-to signature, maybe overdone here. So. Um all that is exactly correct, and it's a great winery, and, and um, I've, I've seen him. I didn't meet him, but I saw him at the winery a few years ago when I was there. And the whole malolactic fermentation and the heavy oak, which was a big, big California thing, is, is really starting to kind of reduce. 
Um, yeah, I think he sort of did it like everybody was just threw it in there, and that's a California wine. And and that became the signature California wine, maybe because it was the first to win awards. But heavy oak, heavy malactic, buttery Chardonnays. Oh my goodness, there's and, millions of them. And 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 in what we're drinking now, it does have some, uh, I would say, some butter esque texture to it, but not certainly not now? heavily. Oh, so wow. this wow. is well, this has a lot of butter. I feel like I'm eating buttered popcorn here. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh, it's not that bad. It's, no, but I mean, it's from it's the last compared one? to no. a Riesling. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> sure. So it's this a, is a, a 2017 Chardonnay by Demetria. Demetria, which about is this also wine. Um, one. It's a beautiful winery in the San Ynez. Uh, a, a wonderful view. A great place if you're visiting to have like bring a picnic. Um, they're very accommodating there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then very similar wine. They similar wines mm. to the Fest Parker, but they actually are doing more in the Rhone as well. Can Chardonnay um, grow anywhere? Because they do grow it everywhere in California, or is it better grown in certain types of climates? It's going to be more in the cooler. So it, it is grown in San Ynez. It's less grown in Paso Robles, less grown in Napa, more grown in Sonoma. So a little closer to the ocean. Um, Demetra is a relatively new winery. Um, the, it's a Greek family that came in um, some, I, I think, within the last 10 years mm, and have a done a, a really, really good job. I like this a lot, and I think it would be great with, again, with... What would um, you pair it with, Bart? Definitely, a th- this is a Thanksgiving if you're going to have a traditional Or buttered popcorn if you're having or butter, butter popcorn. No. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, the best pairing of a buttery Chardonnay is buttery popcorn. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was good just job, kidding. All right, all right. Good job. I got one. So, and Paul, you can order this when you go to the theaters that serve Yeah, wine. witness. Amen. This is, Thank you so much. Or sneak it in your bag. <laughs> I have never heard of this winery before, and this is really spectacular. What kind of price range is this at? This is in the... Thirty to thirty-five. Okay. Again, so you're not hitting me it, with. I thought you were going to bring in this unattainable stuff that I can't. What's what's the? Um, you have an outpriced. Give me yet. a couple of really high-end California. I can't think. of Hansel is that one? So uh, Tish and I had one at an event that oh. we bought. Um, maybe somewhat unknowingly, that ended up being like hundred and fifty dollars a bottle yeah. for a Chardonnay. It was amazing. Uh, Benedict, that was a Sonoma. Mm. Okay. That was a beautiful yeah. lady on the cover. Yeah, it yeah. Was so Benedict. delicious. I still have a bottle okay. or two left. Did you have you? I have one bottle left. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is relatively affordable, and this is maybe you know for not everybody, but thirty bucks a bottle. That's mm. not out of. It's really delicious. So yeah. what would I pair this with? What kind of food? Um. So uh, again, I mean, for holiday time, if something holiday, but in general, just in general, um, this also is a, like a, in my opinion, this is a you don't need a food. I, I, I meant to reference this earlier, and that you just to, like to drink no to food your to, to, <laughs> I meant to reference this to Paul's point about complimenting food. And yes, a lot of wine does complement food, but there are certain wines that I think you can drink without food. Yeah, i.e., rosé all day. Um, but there, uh, and I think Chardonnay is also a wine that you can drink um, without having to pair with the food. In my opinion, and it, the California Cabernets, I know a lot of people like to drink them by themselves. I, I personally cannot drink them without having a big steak or something. Because it's got a big. lot of acid in it and it needs And the tannins that right. kind of, the, the meat helps to kind of cut it and offset it. Uh, but on I the other hand. this all day. I could drink okay, this. Okay, well, I've sitting. heard a wise tale that you would have whites or a Chardonnay with a fish. Am I wrong? That is like a, a really white, good white general rule of thumb. Chicken okay. or fish, like okay. like a white meat, white wine. Got very, it. very general. But okay. um, so, um, 
what you accompany the food with or how you prepare the food. Like, for instance, I drink Pinot Noir with chicken all the time. Really? Okay. Okay. One, because I think there's, we're going to get into Pinot Noirs next, and I'll tell you the different variances of Pinot Noir. But um, it, you, there's a Pinot Noirs that are light enough in body that I think it still goes well with chicken. And or if you do chicken with, a, I don't know, with a pasta sauce or some sort of a, of a roux sauce. I see, okay. So they, or, or whatever accompaniments you might have with it. So could I mix this during the holidays? So say, could I have this during the appetizers then? Again, it's light, snacky. It doesn't really matter really what I'm eating. I, I, I would say yes, as long as it's not too heavily oaked. And I think, unlike Paul, I don't think this is overly buttery. So I would, I, okay. I could, I could drink this all day. I, I didn't okay. mean to over. It just was such a giant contrast from to the, the riesling. One. Yeah, for sure. And I do. This is maybe because I do. I grew up in that era, the '80s, and all this stuff. I love this kind of style wine. I, I understand why I put we California in the map. Christmas I love right this wine. <laughs> this is my style. And and I I know it's been overdone, overblown, and they're paring it back, and there's fewer and fewer. But this is to me quintessential California wine. A little oak, a little bit of butter, spectacular flavor. I I can drink this all day. So I will along that I will share a story that that almost qualifies as one of my most embarrassing moments. But I'll just embarrass myself Ooh. again. Um, <laughs> this is a good show. Yeah. So um, the. Uh, we've talked about the oak and the butter, and which has been reduced. But at its peak, when Chardonnay was really, really buttery, um, there was a particular group of of the population that really enjoyed this kind of wine. Um, and this is a term that I did not create, but <laughs> my master sommelier, uh, and I actually announced this term while we were doing a client wine dinner, and I didn't realize how many people actually loved the wine. Um, but the term referenced really heavily oaked buttery Chardonnay. And he says, well, the people who really like that are, they call it cougar crack. <laughs> oh, boy. See, this is why he invited the publicist to the show. That's now right. i got to PR this situation. That's right. We've got, <laughs> we'll edit that piece out here. Cougar I just crack. knew. Really? Oh, it boy. It is kind of cougar crack, though. It's the older, wild <laughs> well. woman looking for the... Okay. Well, I mean, what nice. would this be without a little humor, right? So we're going to move on to the next wine. Yeah, let's do <laughs> that. Now, can I ask? I'll, I'll say I'll preface this with another quick story from uh, Mike Gergich, the the early one of the two or three famous early California winemakers that put California in the map. Mondavi, Gergich, some others. I met him in a wine tasting. This is like the late '80s, early '90s. He was still alive. And funny little man, a little beret. And uh, so I was. I had some of this really special buttery from some special year, '84 or something or whatever. It was a good year. It was a good year, and I'm holding on to this. Is, is that a good year? Is that when you were born? Probably. That's when I was born. And You're I'm welcome. Drinking wine <laughs> and I'm drinking this stuff, and I go up to him because I was so concerned. I didn't have wine cellars. I didn't have uh, controlled wine. You know, how long should I hold this? What do I would do? What should I do with it? I bought cases of this stuff because I loved it so much, and I wanted it to last. I said, "What should I do, Mike?" He said, "You must drink it." <laughs> let's move on to red okay yeah. okay well, and then well, let's I'm, also talk about maybe other meals so i'm not a giant traditional turkey stuffing fan. i know i know it's crazy but what if we mix it up a little bit so what if we have like prime rib or tri-tip what can i mix what can I serve my guests? Not that? the last one. Because it would get overwhelmed by Well, no, no, no. So Bart said I can do that for the appetizers and when people walk in. But what does it look like for the main dish? People are sitting down 
and they're gonna have tri-tip. It's red, baby. What? You're gonna have well, some no, red. Well, no, I know it's red, but what red would okay, really so, complement that? Um, there's part of it's gonna be personal taste, and part of it's gonna be obviously driven by the the, the type of food. So or enhance the flavor of yeah, the food. Yeah. So like, but that better be a sigh of like. This guy Pure knows, joy. This guy knows what he's talking. Uh, yes. Are this you, guy. Did you try the Pinot? The Walt. <laughs> Can Pino? I just stop you for one second here? <laughs> right? He's sitting next <laughs> to see over there. I got to tell you, uh, really. <laughs> so we've had three wines here. Okay, a Sauvignon Blanc, which I, or, I mean, uh, a uh, Riesling, Riesling, which I wouldn't have expected Bart to ever drive. I thought he would put his nose up at re- all Rieslings and that kind of stuff because it's not as I actually, Paul, what am I going to do with you no, right Paul, now? I actually <laughs> agree with you because I thought the same thing with Bart. I didn't before, think he'd go there at all. But he loves Riesling. That was really drinkable and really nice. Yeah. Then he hit my sweet spot, the old California's buttery Chardonnay, and and Stop as buttery. night and different as night and day different as that was from the first one. This is night and day different from that one. This is talk about this. What makes this so spectacular? Is it more depth of flavor? Is it more? There's more to this. It's got lots of stuff going on here. Okay, let's right. clarify what the heck we are even yeah. drinking oh right now. Walt. So this is wow. Walt 2000. Wow. What Should is be 2016. Yeah, 2016. I never even uh, heard of this one. I actually one think that's 2015. It's a 15. 15. Yeah, 2015 Pinot Noir. Noir. So, so what makes this so great? I'm, and I'm and, and the other thing I'll say before you, before you launch into that is I went to a Pinot Noir um, event in uh, Brentwood a year or two ago. And I walked away thinking, I don't know what Pinot Noir is. Some of them were light. Some of them were heavy. Uh, there isn't a, st- you know, I know what California Chardonnay tastes like, oaky, buttery. I know what Sauvignon Blanc tastes like. It's light and you know, grassy or whatever here. I don't know what Pinot Noir's tastes like. Are they still experimenting and trying to find what it is, or is it just a freer range of you styles? You are experimenting. So there's, there is actually a range, and I, I, I was referencing that earlier. Um, Pinot Noir has a, has light body, and then it has ver- much full body. I am a big fan of the more full body, which is what we're drinking now. So Walt Winery is the kind of the the sister of of um the hall family wine in um napa so walt is in sonoma catherine hall is married to um someone hall i forgot <laughs> <laughs> she could marry me i'll get divorced sir. this is good so her maiden name is walt so she named this wine after her um her father and her maiden name so this is the wine they made that comes out of this particular one's out of Gap's Crown, which is an amazing area for Pinot Noir. So pretty much any Gap's Crown, where is that? I never even heard. That's of it. one of the AVAs, one of the um, uh, wine areas in Sonoma. AVAs? Yeah, American Ventricular. Um, which, uh, which areas. just to break it down real quickly, the 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 powers that be have broken down, and this is an area because of the soil, because of the climate, because of everything. It grows a tendency. Wines have a certain style or a certain Correct. flavor profile that comes out of all this right right so um there's particular areas that have the more heavy full body which is what i really really like which is what this is um other brands that i like um are um uh, wineries so walt is amazing costa brown is great um which is in the same area uh patinay which um uh, uh jim fox is an ex uh, pro hockey player he is kind of the, the brainchild behind it, but it's the same area, so the wine is coming out very, very similar. Um, you may have changed my mind because I've, I've tried to like Pinot Noirs for years, and they're all over the place, and I have not found one I like. This Until may be the today. Fir- this may be the first one I've ever really <laughs> Until liked. Until today. Yeah. I, so you've blown Paul's mind. You blow my mind. Mind blown. I feel like mind that. Yeah, we no, we need like a, like a cheer. Yeah, yeah where's the confetti and glitter again? What's happening here? We need something here. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. Blue Mormon. 
So, and I'll tell you something that's that's kind of blown my mind. And I and I promised that I would come back to New Zealand, which is a, yeah. a be- I, I know is a beautiful place. Um, Tina and I and Tana are going to go there in, in, in about a, a year to go visit. Um, they're most known for their Sauvignon Blanc, which I've already discussed. Um, however, they now the South Island of New Zealand is coming out with some amazing Pinot Noirs that are just like what we're drinking really? right now. I had no idea because yeah. and yeah. most of the Sauvignon Blancs are in the North Island. There's two big islands, and, yeah, and most of them are grown in the North Island, which is warmer, and the South is colder. Yeah, more Pinot Noir. It's I mean, if you've uh, for anyone who has seen the movie Sideways, there's yeah. a whole big thing. Um, and we're going to get back, uh, Tisha, I'm going to go up circle back because Merlot um, is a, an amazing wine, and it's going to um, answer your question here in a moment. Uh, For but, food, yeah. Yeah, but Pinot Noir was a big thing like in, in the movie. What can I say? So anyway. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. All right. I like wine. So we've talked about the kind of the different and bodies. So uh, I th- when it comes to Pinot Noir, there's, there's particular reasons like Gap's Crown, Sonoma, pretty much anything in Sonoma is going to be more full-bodied. Another area, and until New Zealand came around, about the only area that I thought I would like Pinot Noir from other than this area uh, was Willamette Valley, Oregon. I was going to say, that's what they're known for up there because it's colder and whatnot. And Chardonnay. So it's more similar to Burgundy in France. So every pretty much anywhere you go in the world, they're they're mimicking the old location. world. But I went to the Willamette Valley, and I tasted all these supposed, but like sideways, and I've been up to Santa Barbara where they were and stuff, and I, none of them wowed me. This is maybe the first one I've ever had that really wowed me. We're here to please, Paul. S- stick well, with yeah. me. Yeah. Stick with me, kid. Man. Oh, my gosh. You hit me. You said Pinot Noir. I'm like, eh, Next. All right, so let's 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 wow. switch gears a little bit. So, Tish, you asked you asked the question. Hey, what if I'm gonna do something less traditional, or maybe it's yeah. another holiday? We're gonna do yeah. some like heavy red meat. I just so, want a nice dinner. Let's talk about if it was a prime rib or tri-tip. So you definitely want to go with more full body. Um, I mentioned earlier that I wouldn't drink a cab just by itself, but Cabernet Sauvignon with uh, a big red meat like that would be amazing. What would be a, what would be one? Like specific one specific that you think I know your taste that you think you would be yeah. So one of my favorites is in from a California wine is Groth G R O T H. Okay. Oh yes. They is make there a, a great specific one. year? Um, yeah. I mean, if you want to drink one this year, you want to go at least back to probably 2015, 2015 or older. Okay. Yeah. And is and it that true that reds have to uh, you got to hold them a while to really have a mature whites or a mature quicker? That's exactly where I was going. Is yes, mature? that that is true. There is there is um. Depending on where the wine is from, your old world wines will last typically much longer than the Californians. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure the reasons why, but they, I mean, there's there's European wines that could you know, 30, 40 years old that are still drinking well right now. Isn't that the tannins though? The tannins sort of wear off over time, and they. I was going to ask one tannins. more question on that. Is there a duration of time that say there's a special wine that I love, 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 and then I just keep it? At what point? Is it too long? How how do I know duration so of like enjoying it, letting it age, and then it's just met its max? Part of it's going to be the varietal. So Cab Cabernet Sauvignons have mm-hmm. a long duration. You can okay. keep those longer. But there's a second part of that. There's when you say factor. duration, sorry, I'm, I just want to be more specific. You know me. I like numbers like seven years. Oh, you can hold it. Oh, years, 10 years or whatever. Oh, 20, 30, 40 yeah, years. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. But, but, you, but it's how you hold it. I but think it's growing. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Uh, yeah, so it has to be the right temperature. It has to be stored with a, um, um, 
I know keep no the cork see what wet. I'm doing, but the yeah. cork um, down so the cork doesn't get corked and the cork doesn't like evaporate or, or into the wine. Because then it opens up and then it breaks down and the wine. Hold on a second. Some... Wait, hold on a second. So my wine fridge at home is straight. Should I have it be tilting down and then oh, having it has the cork? To. It's got to stay the cork. Oh, cork has to stay wet. Hold on a second. Point no, wait. Hold put a, on put a, a little like thing on the on the back so it. Your wine so fridge is, has them flat. It's got to it's got to no, tilt. Your up. wine fridge probably has a slight tilt. You know? Oh, does it? Yeah. I mean, I just it should. Have yeah, every fridge. wine fridge would have to. <laughs> but it's tilted. You don't want the cork to dry out. If the cork right. dries out, then right. it, it breaks down. The air gets in, and it's a mess. You have to understand, like the listeners and myself, I don't know this. So this is great information. We don't know. So how do you store it? You keep it at a, de- at a, a slight, just slight so, degree. Just so the cork is wet. The cork is yeah, wet. Yeah, so it doesn't need and much of an angle. And that last longer. Correct. So, yeah. So um, I have a food no question idea. that I'm going to interject here. So I don't eat meat. Haven't for years. I, I love dairy, but I don't eat dairy. Mm-hmm. So typically during the holidays, I make a pasta dish, and the sauce is made from butternut squash that's pureed with garlic, and I always put in grilled shrimp. Mm. What wow. wine would you put with that? Yeah, um, I feel like it's a Jeopardy now. Ding, ding, I know. Ding, yeah. ding, I trust no one more ding, than Bart, so ding, I am ding, asking ding, this ding, question ding. to him. That's so, a rough one. Uh, I, I think a Pinot Noir would be great there. I think a Grenache, which is a oh, red, okay. which is a lighter, less bodied, less full body. There's a wine you never see anywhere, Grenache. Um South of France is where it where it originates from. Right, I think no, that would here, be a great one. Go to a wine. Go to a, a restaurant and order Grenache. Um and uh, um, rosé all day, baby. <laughs> I think her wow. I love it. Now I have my three suggestions yeah. for this meal this that is, always yeah. debuts this, so this time of year. Yeah. Yeah. Can this I be the only great. one in the audience who has a little bit of wine knowledge who's shocked that you even bring up the word rosé? Because that was like Chablis. That was my parents' box kind of wine, rosé, Chablis, all that stuff. So you need to kind of you got to break out of that old world, <laughs> blue nun. Is whatever. That a now trust me, it um, <laughs> age. It uh, it was not easy for me to come out and say these things. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's coming out. Char- rosé is not something most uh, wine snobs say. Oh, please, let's have some rosé. That would be like actually no. The you. wine the wine snobs and the wine professionals they these know. days they know. Yeah. So the people who are pretending to be wine snobs like me, you no. say rosé. Oh, 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 another great one. This is less known. This is a this is in the most southern area of Burgundy, but a Beaujolais. Have you heard of that? No, I haven't. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's a it's a lighter red, but uh, that would be amazing. Ooh. Where would you find okay. that? What region? Uh, most southern part of the um, Burgundy region of France. Okay. Yeah, and then um, I want to make sure we have all these things going on. So. Tish, back to your thing. So I also think uh, a Zinfandel, a red Zinfandel, would be great because it's it's full bodied, big heavy tannins. It will help cut I'm through your tri tip. I'm oh. a huge red Zinfandel fan. Oh, oh my gosh, a so if you don't like it, red yeah. Zin. Oh my Paula, gosh, Paula, you I'm and I are in sync here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let me stop you for one second here. You hit my favorite of all times. I love Zinfandels, especially the ones Macy from Northern North California that have been around for a hundred years. These old vine Zinfandels. And Zinfandel is one of those wines they really cannot determine where it came from, right? Zinfandel, the best Milenko Gergich would tell me was that it's from where, somewhere from what used to be called Yugoslavia. I forgot what, as it's all broken up, what part of Yugoslavia it's from. But um, Zin, is that correct? Zinfandel, as they've tried to chase it back, it, it appeared as a, it, as a vine. It was given a name. Prohibition wiped out most of this stuff. They long since lost where this stuff came from. But as they've genetically tested it, Zinfandel seems to go back, at least according to Milyanko Gergic, somewhere in in the Yugoslav in the Balkans. 
So there's also something called Primitivo. Yes, right. That, and it's that I mean genetically they're probably all related somehow somewhere. Um, Paso Robles here in California is a um, is a big producer of Zimmerdale um, and and um, Los Olivos, Santa. Up in the north, where around the around the gold country and around um, uh, where the original gold strikes were up in Northern California. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, all right. The last uh, uh, Tish. Hey, how are we gonna? On, how are we doing on time, Paul? I'm open. <laughs> we'll stay here all <laughs> day if going. you want to stay here. <laughs> I have a show at four, so you can you can all go right. two hours if you well, want to go right, here uh, today. Here. All right. So hopefully people are still <laughs> hanging in there. We probably it's lost everyone. It's super there, interesting though, because I think these are great takeaways. No matter what level you are with. I so wine. appreciate your knowledge and yeah. your willingness to come in here. We normally do a half hour show. We're up to an hour. You take whatever you want <laughs> here. This is a great time. All right. So there's another wine that I want to make sure it gets the proper credit for the right time um and that is merlot yes so merlot ever since the movie way to go tish i'm proud of you let's um, just get a round of applause for right that's one i gotta go more all right so merlot was a great wine until it um good, until good, good. um from a pr standpoint it wasn't when the movie sideways came out mm-hmm. so there's a movie and then there was a book so for those who have seen the movie, they know, um, and I forgot the lead character's name, but he, he said, no way, I'm never doing Merlot, and he, and he hates Merlot. Um, and so the, the country or the world took that as Merlot is a bad wine. Merlot is not a bad wine. It comes from um, Bordeaux. It's an amazing wine. If you read the book, the reason he doesn't like Merlot is because his ex-wife that left him loved Merlot. Oh, that's it. So oh, always a woman. <laughs> That's, ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? So I am a huge fan. I will go for a Merlot over a Cabernet Sauvignon any day, hands down, whenever. Over a, cabin, a, a Cabernet yeah, Sauvignon? Yeah, I have seen I, you choose I, Merlot. Just a classic. Yeah. Over a What's your favorite Merlot? Um, uh, dark chocolate. What? That's what it's called. It's called dark chocolate. Yeah. Where do you find it? Who makes it? I, I will be looking for this tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, from Napa, and I haven't got it in a while because I always tend to. I always look, look for. Uh, Does it have any Pinot sort Noir's. of chocolate characteristic to it? Or well, is it just Merlot in in it just in its characteristics um, is it kind of has like a chocolate undertone. Mm-hmm. So it, and it actually is great with chocolate. I I would choose that over. I would choose that over a cab. What year? Gosh, you guys are killing me years here. Are well, tough. Forget about it. We, we can ask. We feel comfortable. Years. So I go 2015, you know, 2010 to 2015 probably. And so also Merlot is one of the – so um, everyone heard, has heard of Bordeaux. So right. Bordeaux. So who th- here thinks that Bordeaux is just Cabernet wine? I no kind of, raised? I kind of did a little bit. I yeah. kind of did a little bit. <laughs> you guys are just afraid to put your hand up. I yeah. guess I guess We're I would have sure. thought, yeah. Okay, so here in it's California. It's the French version of Cabernet wine, yeah. Yeah, so in California you have a Cabernet. It's pure Cabernet, which is probably one of the reasons that I'm, I am i don't tend to go straight for that. In France, if if you get a Bordeaux, Rhine, uh, Bordeaux wine, it is a combination of um, Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, Merlot, and then Cab Franc. And that, and then you have left bank and right bank. I'm getting super like nerdy and technical. So on one side it's more Cabernet based. On the other side, on the other side it's more Merlot based. I go for more right bank because it's more Merlot based than it is Cabernet. Right bank of the Seine River is that? What what is right bank and left bank? Oh, Oh, river banks of the river. Got it. Banks of the river. Now let me let me throw that. (laughs) Let me throw that. I wasn't sure either. (laughs) If they're not confused enough, 
the way they categorize wine in Europe in the old world is different from the way they categorize it here. They do Ooh, it by a, a region and they do it by varietal. There it is different, right? So each region has different characteristics. Um, there's like Grand Cru, Premier Cru, and that's in um, uh, Bordeaux. Burgundy has their, uh, sorry, that's Burgundy. Um, Bordeaux has theirs, Champagne has theirs. So everyone has um, uh, different characteriz- uh, characterizations, um, but they do rate them. And, and when you're in the elite elite area, like the premier crew, then you know, you're going to get the top dollar and so on. But they don't categorize wine by varietal. They don't just say it's one. I mean, a Bordeaux can be a blend. It's by right? the, well, again, it depends. In Bordeaux, it's by the village. Um, and then Merlot, I'm sorry, and then in uh, Burgundy. So let me ask you the really hard question. I've never come up with an answer for this. We're all, if, if you think you're a wine snob at any sink, you're only going to drink a varietal. I'm going to drink Cabernet. It's 100% Cabernet. But there are blends that you can buy at every winery where the winemaker says, no, a little of this and a little of this. I think it'll be drinkable today and it'll taste better. Are you a blend guy or is that just for the masses? I go blend any day, hands no. down. Yeah. Which is more like a Bordeaux. I'll, I'll do a blend over. And I just got introduced. Um, I know it's been around for a while, and I'm now I'm I'm on a list to be on the allocation Saxum. I'm I'm, I'm not trying to plug it in, but I'm wow. I'm kind of plugging. Um, it's out of Paso Robles, and it there's has, so little that they have to uh, give out a certain amount to certain people. Correct. Super expensive, but a great. And it's like eight different, like Petit Verdot, Merlot, Zinfandel. It's an amazing, amazing blend. Can I pre-order a Zinfandel through you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm placing my order. What's the Argentinian varietal that they used to blend so much? Malbec. Malbec. Yeah. yeah. That's quite often. It's rarely do you see a Malbec on its own, but it seems to be a common. If they are going to blend, why is Malbec a good blending wine? Great. Some people, um, like uh, my again, my sister, my stepdad, they love Malbec by itself. I don't, I don't really care for it. It's more of a cutting wine to me. It's really high in tannin, but it, it just works great in the blend. Okay, I have another question. It's completely side, like off your notes. Question. Yeah. I enjoy great salads, and sometimes I have chicken, sometimes I have fish. Rarely, I'll have like a steak. Right. With it. Right. What would be a wine that I can have at dinner. Now, typically for me, I'll do like a sh- champagne or a Chardonnay, yeah. my, my personal preference. But in general, what will bring out the flavor of like a salad or greens? Boone's Farm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul. Going back to the Davy. Another PR situation. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the Davy uh, Crockett, uh, oh Daniel goodness. Boone analogy. Do they even make Boone's Farm anywhere? I don't think they I do. don't even Not. know what that is. No, you don't need to. <laughs> I mean, depending on if you want red or white, um, I mentioned the Beaujolais, which is harder to find here. But if you go to some of the higher end uh, mm-hmm. wine boutiques, a Beaujolais mm-hmm. would be great. Like an um, everyday a light, salad. Like um, I want to have a delicious dinner at home every day. I'm not just talking about the holidays. Something I can enjoy. Yeah. Maybe so a my two my two go tos, and wine. I eat a lot like you. My dinners are always a salad, and if I'm going to have wine with dinner, it's either a Pinot Noir or a Chardonnay. So it depends if you want a white, you would go with a Chardonnay. If it's, if it's hot outside, I'm going to do a Chardonnay. If it's and cool, like we've had the last few days, I go you Pinot Noir. So the weather dictates your mm-hmm. choice of wine. Yeah. Interesting. Puts me in the mood. Huh. Okay, that's really great. So the last thing for on yours, a Syrah. I don't want to you know, well, spend wait, too much time. Well, wait, did we talk about if I were going to have an Italian dinner? So let's go there. So Syrah, if you're going to have the big heavy red, okay. like, uh, red meat again, I think mm-hmm. that's another kind of with the Zinvendale and the Cabernet. Yeah. So if we're, um, and like 
if you're going to have a big Italian, my um, brother is married to an Italian, and so we go on um, Christmas Eve. We have a big. She does a big lasagna with all all the big red meat. You're speaking my language. <laughs> I know. Not the meat part, but the lasagna <laughs> and the cannoli and uh, all that good stuff. Hey, hello. <laughs> I know. Are I'll make a, you a cheesecake. Don't worry about are you, it. Are you? T- are, I never asked. Is Paul is Paul Italiano? I don't even. know I what. am half. I'm Sicilian. That's why I'm spicy. Oh, you, now, I know. It, interestingly <laughs> enough, I got to stop you for one second since we're doing this in slow motion here. We have several Sicilianos that uh, come in and do shows here, and they constantly remind me, Sicilianos are not Italianos. This is Scandalous. Scandalous. Well, yes, we are. It is. I mean, it's part of Italy, but this is a different heritage. It has Greek. It has uh, uh, North African. This is a different breed of cat. than. Uh, yeah, I see why they say that. I am still Italian. Don't okay. let anyone fool you. <laughs> Thank you. All right. So, <laughs> any other final tips, Bart? No, you no. want to give us some wine? Yeah, so let's. You make so sure Italian. Th- so one of my favorite nights of the entire year is Christmas Eve when we go to my sister-in-law's because she is a great Italian cook. She does her lasagna. She'll do big meatballs. That's my one night where I eat like lots of carbs. Um, More confetti and glitter just happened when you said that. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So. And I will also tell you from a, a sommelier training, like Italy is the Achilles heel, at least for me, and, and most psalms will say the same thing, because there are so many, the regions are really small, and there are hundreds, if not thousands, of varietals and regions. But um, if you're having like the meatballs and the red meat and all and so forth, so a Barbaresco, a Nebbiola. <laughs> Um, and, I should and have brought that? something for us next time, next And those year. are wines you just do not see. Why do they make it into the common wine? You don't see Nebbiola. You don't see Barosca. I've never heard, heard of uh, yet. Yeah, so tell us more. Yeah, these are these are obscure varietals only know. in Italian uh, I don't know. Where are these normal? <laughs> do, can I so, find them at my local grocery store? Where where do I find these wines? I You know, part of I, I think it's where we live. It's regional. If you go to just like a supermarket, it's going to be California wines, right? Because oh. we happen to live in a wine yeah, region. My, my Supermarket has everything. It's just broken down by region. Then go to go to the uh, Italian region. You'll find those wines there for sure. Those are the okay. those are some of the primary. Chianti is another one. Chianti. Okay. Um, okay. Um, Barbarello, Barbaresco, and these are all really big cab zin style wines. Okay. Big high tannic. My favorite of all the Italians is called a Super Tuscan. Paul, do you know what a Super Tuscan is? Uh, when you showed me the list here before, it was the only one I'd never heard. I know of the Tuscany region of, like, of Italy, Tuscany. but I'd I never Tuscany. heard of that as a, variety, uh, as a style of wine, no. So I mentioned earlier, I like blends, right? All if I'm right. going to go somewhere, I'm going to go blend. Yeah. So a Super Tuscan takes um, something that's referred to as international varietals, <laughs> and that's like your Cab, your Merlot, and so forth. So it's a blend of Cab, Merlot, Zin, and then it brings in also an Italian, like either... Um, a Nebbiola or a Chianti or something, and a, and so the blend of that, I think that's my favorite. If, so if I'm bringing wine, spaghetti and meatballs or lasagna. Now Super again, Tuscan. Chianti, Chianti is one of those banished wines. White Zinfandel is It'll one. Bring out the flavor of my wine of my food. But these these Super wines Tuscan. that have been okay. that had been trashed through the years because my parents Shubley, um, uh, White Zinfandel. And Chianti, those all sound like cheap, just '60s wines. No, no. It, so Chianti age is, doesn't have anything to do with it. I mean, from so, a period of time when they just made cheap wine. Right. So Chianti um, is in the Chablis um, uh, era, where right. there was there was a bad marketing of it. Right. But the Chianti wine is 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 amazing, and and if you get a pure Chianti, it's 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 fantastic. I would never even try one because I would think it's just cheap wine, right? Because so that was so the image I had. That's right. what I enjoy 
being around <laughs> That's what I enjoy. <laughs> when I go to places because I'm always surprised because it doesn't necessarily mean you have to get the most expensive right. wine to pick great flavoring and pairing because uh-huh. I That's am the, truth. the yeah, that really I am the, the person at the grocery store or wherever I'm shopping, and I will look up the points, and I'm, I will be I will say which will match. <laughs> you sound like me. That's what I do. Amount of do. points. Do you know how many texts I get from her? Like, hey, should I get this wine for my dinner tonight? It's ninety three <laughs> versus ninety four points. Yeah. And I I love having wine that complements the meal, and it doesn't mean it just has to be natural and people enjoy and they're having a great time and it's just effortless and so if you have a great wine that pairs with it and i have learned so much from barton that's why i ask these questions because these are great takeaways for everyone and if you can enjoy say you're having great company and then if your meal is just so (laughs) what if it's bad company then just give them some junk your meal (laughs) is so much better and then the wine makes the, the food taste even better and you're enjoying it even more it's just an even better experience and so i I am so thankful for you, Bart, always sharing with me, and I'm thankful for you sharing with the audience this information because it's great. It's great knowledge. So let me. I what, hope it's helpful. What hostess doesn't want to be the hostess with the mostest? Oh, I mean, yeah. come on now, right? Like we all want to have these incredible <laughs> yeah. parties. So yes, yeah. we're all ears, Bart. Whatever yes. you'd like to share. And, and yes. So let me ask you the hard question because this is what I hear a lot when people. I, I, I <laughs> like. I have a little bit of interest in wine. I know a little bit about it. I never went and studied it like Bart did. And I start to tell friends or something, and they're like, oh, you're just one of those wine snobs. I just drink what I like. I said, good. That's really the ultimate compliment yeah, here. Drink what you like. Uh, and then experiment and, and expand your horizons. You know, I once upon a time when I was a kid in the Midwest, I ate craft cheese. That's all I thought was cheese flavor. Then I learned there's a million types of cheese out there, and it expanded my mind. What do you tell people who say at the end of this, this is too snobby, too sophisticated, too much work, too much effort. No, I don't think any of the things he said is are too snobby. No, We're he's just done it very, I'm not saying the way he's done it, but yeah. wine in general has an, a connotation too sophisticated, too complicated, too difficult. I'm I'm just not going to go there. It is overwhelming. I do have to say yeah, when you right. have, you walk into a store and there's all these regions, billion all wines, these billion choices, billion. Per- you don't know where to go. So. Hey, so here's what I was going to say before the expert chimed in is put the ego aside and ask questions, which yeah. is what we're doing today. We're yeah, asking true. somebody who that's knows. Don't point, be afraid Paula. to ask a question. Mm-hmm. And most true. of these wine, even like Vaughn's Pavilions, they have like sommeliers or like wine experts walking around. Just, just they're, and they're, this is their life. This is what they love to do. And just yeah. ask mm-hmm. them. And, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I realized because I once was once overwhelmed as well. It's, 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 yeah. it's really tough. But yeah. um, at the end of the day, and, and, I get this more so often. Like, um, it must be so difficult for you to like to choose a wine, and 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 how was it? I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like just pick what you like. Yeah. 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 And like, so I bought some um, couple of very inexpensive and moderate priced wines, and one that was more higher priced. But at the end of the day, it's just what we like. You shocked me. What you brought? You brought Fest Parker. I wouldn't think a certified sommelier would ever go near Fest Parker. You brought in. Uh, wines that I you, you tell me that you like Chablis. You tell me you, you brought in a uh, dry Riesling. All, all these are things that usually wines. My perception of wine snobs and what wine experts We're would stay away your mind, from. Paul. You're blowing okay. my mind. Mind so Paul, blown. You, Hashtag. You haven't met him. As, as our clients might know, boom. my favorite emoji is boom. boom. 
<laughs> We're going to cheers to that. Cheers. Yeah. Happy holidays, Happy everyone. Happy holidays. Yes. So grateful for all these incredible tips. And Paul, Yay. we can't do this without you. Yes, well, Paul. I appreciate that you bring in. I'm willing to open the doors and, and let. I hope people have stuck with us the whole time because it really is an amazing compendium of choices. Oh gosh, and, stuff. And, and that's the idea <laughs> is to open your mind to it, not to overwhelm you and say, oh, I feel stupid. I don't know. I'm going to stay away from it. Jump in. The water's fine. It's fun. It's fun to explore. The water's fine, but wine is better. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Bart, for sharing all of your Hey, This was so much fun. Thanks, everyone, uh, for who has tuned in, and we'll talk for two more seconds here because I got to get your music up here. And happy holidays. If you have questions, feel free to send in questions to podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Or you can tweet us. You can connect with us on Facebook, Bart Zanbergen. Send us a DM on Instagram. Find Bart Zanbergen or Letitia Burbaum. Otherwise, we'll be back. Somebody tweeted in once What's the number one question people ask you? So, you obviously studied at an intense level wine, and you've shown today you know a great deal about it. What do ordinary humans like us ask you? <laughs> What's your favorite wine? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah. Right. And what would you say to them? You say champagne knowledge. is just kind of a go-to thing that works with anything. You champagne know, and burgundy. We didn't even talk about bubbles today, and that's yeah. my favorite. And literally, that's one of my favorites because of you, Bart. Yeah. And I've been exposed what to What do you hate? What do you stay away from it? You say, no, no, that's just not me. Not that I it's bad, I feel like bad, we need a whole other podcast on bubbles. I think we do, yeah. yeah. I'm volunteering to come in again. I will too. What do you hate? What do you not like? There's no wine that I hate, but as I mentioned earlier, I I, I don't do, go for uh, um, uh, Cabernet so, um, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, a new world. And as the world becomes more sophisticated as to wine, the Chinese market is huge. Uh, other areas are opening up. What what do you see? What's the hot wine? What's the new wine? What's the wine that's coming that hasn't gotten enough attention? Pinot Noir, maybe? I mean, Pinot Noir is certainly one that has has gotten a lot of attention. It's on every wine list, but I just can't tell you what a Pinot Noir tastes like. Sometimes they're light. I can't depend on it. I go and order it. Oh, it's that's too light. That's too heavy. Think, Paul, this is preference. Well, because there's certain styles we've come up with. We know what a Chardonnay, California Chardonnay, is going to taste like, predictably. You know what a Cabernet is going to be big. You know what a Zinfandel is going to taste like. It's It's got lots of tannins and other things. Uh, things to it here what does what's the wine that's coming up is there any hot new one that's coming up that's a great question and straight from the publicist you have to tune into at bart zanbergen on oh. instagram <laughs> oh. <laughs> check in on our social media <laughs> i'm trying to get it all in one session here all right thanks everyone for tuning Thank in you. we'll see you next week cheers tune in next week for the latest edition of the zanbergen report tuesdays at 2 p.m catch up on our recent shows by visiting bartzanbergen.podbean.com. The Zanbergen Report is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Interested in being a featured guest on our show or have a question you'd like to hear us answer? Email podcast at bartzanbergen.com. Bart A. Zanbergen, CFP, and Letitia Burbaum, AIF, are registered investment advisors with Optivist, Inc., and registered representatives with Gramercy Securities, Inc., member FINRA and SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered by Optivist, Inc., under SEC registration.